0: Welcome to the worst bestsellers, where we read about romance between an American girl and a prince. No, not that one. Uh, so you don't have to. I'm Kate, and I'm Renata. And for this episode, we read *A Princess in Theory* by Alyssa Cole. Joining us to discuss this reluctant royal's romance is Robin Bradford, 2016 Romance Writers Association Librarian of the Year and genre whore. Hi, Robin. Hello.
1: Also, Robin recently was named a mover and shaker, so congratulate her. Congratulate her all the time.
0: Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks Uh, for joining us and for recommending this book. Literally, thanks for recommending this book. Yes. Unlike many
1: guests (laughs) that we have who recommend books. Sometimes when we say thanks, it's sarcastic, but this is for real.
2: (laughs) Gee, thanks. Yeah, I've done that a time or two.
1: (laughs) Um, yeah, I I think probably when we announced like, oh, we're doing Princess in Theory by Alyssa Cole, a lot of people are like, wait a minute, she's good. What are you doing? And so we just (laughs) right off the bat, like, no, we, we did like it. We, Alyssa Cole's an author who's been recommended to us a lot, or I think I've recommended her before just based on what I've read about her, but I haven't read any of her books before. Um, so I'm glad that I have now.
0: Yay. And I'll say she was recommended to us a lot as an alternative for books that we were reading. Yes. Not as someone who we should necessarily oh, right. cover. Yeah,
1: not recommended in the way that people keep being like, oh, you should read... Um, Ready Player One. Yes, which we probably should. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> uh, Remind
1: me, I want to talk to you about that later. Great. That
2: makes three of us that haven't read it. So. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, because I, I think part of our goal here at Worst Best is just has always been to take a look at what books are sort of widely considered to be bad and what's widely considered to be good and just read them and actually dig into them. So, you know, I think a lot of people say Twilight is like the worst book ever and it ruined vampires and it ruined everything. And if you have listened to this podcast before, you know that we don't really agree with that take on Twilight Um, versus James Patterson, for whatever reason, is somebody who still gets taken kind of seriously as a writer and has maybe not that much. But, you know, he gets these hardback books and it's fancy and they're not great but... but it's more
0: like charming it's more like oh yeah like James Patterson but you know whatever they're dependable whereas if you're like oh you know you're reading E.L. James god what trash yes and actually so... I
2: think Patterson is taken pretty seriously I mean judging by how many copies I have to buy yeah of each and every book <laughs> in each and every format <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, I think there are some, like, it depends what level of literary snobbery that you're working yes. with. Um, but I think kind of the most basic take out there is like, oh, I read serious books like James Patterson, but I don't like romance novels. <laughs> um, and I, you know, Robin, I don't, I don't need to tell you that people are shitty about romance novels. Oh, and by, yes. by people, I mostly mean men, but hashtag not all men. I think, too, if we're talking about reasons
0: why we would cover a book like this, which is not necessarily bad, is uh, something that we've talked about, uh, not infrequently, but especially when we're talking about, like, Nora, or we're talking about, we're on a first name basis now, because she's our friend. Yeah, Nora Roberts. In our heads, our lady. Nora Roberts. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Or when we were doing other romance novels, is that like romance as a genre is something that obviously, you know, you would know Robin is taken so not seriously and so maligned by the public that everyone has this idea in their head of what a romance novel is. And from what, at least I can't speak to it from personal experience, but from what I've been told by other people who have been on the show, like that is something that existed 30 years ago. And the majority of stuff that's good out there right now does not follow these, like, weird, outdated ideas that are in the public consciousness.
1: Mm-hmm. And That's something, I mean, like, uh, Jenny, who's been on the show, had called, like, me out on it because I haven't read a ton of romance novels, and I would say stuff like, oh, it's, like, kind of, like, rapey, like a romance novel. And she's like, well, not, you know, that's not, like, what they are now. And it is, it is something that I am trying not to to say and make these kind of blanket statements about because, yeah, from from what I understand and from the books like this and a few others that I have read in the more recent romance genre, they're, they're pretty good now. We're not... And, and even, I think, back in the days of, like, peak Fabio or whatever, obviously they still were aimed at what women, some women wanted to read, and they were still... Th- focused on female pleasure but just in a in a way that had to deal with all the weird gender norms and like patriarchal garbage of the time like it had to go through that filter somehow still
2: i think a lot of a lot of romance has evolved in a in a good way there are a lot more um women focused and not just women and sex focused Mm -hmm. which um, this book actually is a, a princess in theory, is a good example of that. There is a a lot of focus on the friendships, the female friendships. Yes, and I think we're seeing a lot of that in romance where you're still keeping, you know the love and the sex and the stuff that we like about romance, but also really caring about the conversations that don't revolve around the love
1: interest. Yes, I definitely. And I I think also her career is very important to her. Yes. uh, So I I guess maybe we've gotten enough quick intro of, or slash defense of like why we're doing this book in the first place. And maybe we can jump into the plot of this one and kind of unpack as we go along, if there's other general romance stuff we want to say as we go along. Sure. Sounds good. All right. So this book what the hell is it called again Sorry, it's called the princess, a princess in theory. theory in giant letters right there at the top of my screen
0: <laughs> i kept thinking like reluctant royal and i'm like no that's not what it's actually yeah. called well, that's um, the name of it's from the reluctant royal series yes so uh a princess in theory the the main the the theory oh theory and she's a
1: scientist i just got that <laughs> Well, and we can dig into that in a minute. (laughs) So yeah, she is a scientist.
2: What do you mean there are
1: emojis? (laughs) And she, her name is Naledi Smith, aka Letty. She is a scientist and she's been getting a lot of goddamn emails. Yeah,
0: she's a grad student. Her life is pretty rough right now, although she's making the best of it. Uh, She was orphaned at a young age, and she doesn't remember her parents, um, but she managed to, you know, have a pretty okay time through the foster system. Like, it wasn't great, but she got out. She landed on her feet. Uh, She is in grad school
1: studying epidemiology and is very good at it, but... Which is infectious diseases, it's not dermatology, which is a hilarious mix-up that occurs in the book yes
0: um but but she you know finds herself in a position that a lot of women in stem and especially non-white women in stem find themselves in where she's kind of taken advantage of by the white male lab assistant who isn't works in the lab with her she has to do a lot of extra tasks for him that the like, fuck off kid in the lab with them, doesn't have to do, she also has to uh, take on an additional job outside of her lab assistantship, working as a waitress in order to keep her head above water, Uh, she's very busy because she's also studying for her exams, and trying to get like a fellowship for the summer, and just like does not have time for shit, she does not have time for men, she barely has time for like her one good friendship. All she really wants is to focus on work and like become a great epidemiologist and like live her life
1: without attachments. Mm -hmm. And occasionally get a good night's sleep, which her friend, her best friend is Portia, and she's kind of like a a drunk party girl who tends to wake Letty up with some sort of like drunken shenanigans. Often. Yeah. Uh, So letty has been getting these emails that sound like
0: straight out of the Nigerian prince spam scam from someone claiming that she has been found to be the the missing bride to this prince of uh, this African nation. And she's been deleting them, like just skimming them and deleting them and not paying attention to them. And finally, like, she gets so fed up with them on a particularly bad day that she actually replies to one of the emails for the first time and just says, fuck off. <laughs>
1: um, but the it's the fictional African nation of Thesolo. Thesolo is how we want to say this? Sounds good. Thesolo. Yeah. I mean, I mean the it's, solo. Fake. <laughs> it's fake. It's <laughs> fake. I Listen, I don't want to get a bunch of angry tweets from all the Thesolans out there. <laughs> <laughs> i respect your fictional country I just <laughs> and uh letty for christmas or for
0: some i might be getting that mixed up with people i know in real life who did this um, i think portia had gotten a free sample or something of 23 and me yeah or like the fake 23 and me that yeah. they like they have the most hilarious fake names for everything and I love them all like yellow <laughs> spatula for Blue Apron. Yes. <laughs> uh, so she did fake 23 me, and then deleted it uh, before she read the results because she was afraid to find out like what her past was like because she can't remember it and she doesn't want to like taunt herself with something that she can't have.
2: And she's just decided I'm a New Yorker. That's it. That's good enough.
0: Yep um so apparently she is this like missing princess to be and the people from the solo have been searching for her for years because her parents uh fled the country with her and then they didn't even realize her parents had died because they had cut off all contact so it's legit like these emails are legit and they are coming from the prince's personal assistant Uh, who's trying to get in touch with her because, like, the prince needs to fucking get married. Mm -hmm. And
1: um, the the prince's name, by the way, is Thabiso, or or Thabiso, which I kept reading as Thabisco, like, Nobisco, and there's not a C in it, but I just want to say up front, I'm sorry if I say it wrong, but (laughs) uh, Thabiso's the prince, uh, Lacoetzee is his assistant, who is great. And, um, around the time that Letty replies and says, fuck off, then we cut back and we see Thabiso's point of view. And, um... He's on his way to New York for a business trip. He's got to meet
0: with some investors about some natural resources that... It's
1: it's not vibranium, but is it vibranium? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's, a there's,
0: like, all this political stuff going on and he's got to take these meetings and then at the end of like his two weeks in new york or whatever there's a big gala being held in his honor um but he also like now that he knows that this woman lives in new york and he has like these very fond memories of her from there. The, their, the ceremony that they went through when they were little kids.
1: Yeah, they had, like, a commitment betrothal ceremony as small children. Yeah, and he's been searching for her. Like,
0: he has this, you know, very idealized picture of her in his head based on this, like,
1: fairy tale he's told himself about the woman who's his soulmate. Yeah, and, like, the goddess, um, their goddess of fate or whatever. Their goddess of something chose, you know, them to be together. They're destined... So he decides, like, he tells
0: his assistant, uh, Lakotzi, like, find out where she lives and we're going to go see her. Like, Actually, she... he
1: says, he says, bring her to me. Yes. And, and
0: she says, <laughs> no. <laughs> that's kidnapping. <that's the> <laughs> so he said, okay, we'll, we'll find out where she is and we'll go to her. And Lakotzi can't find her home address, but he, she finds the restaurant
1: where she works well she works at like the cafeteria for the for the university like the fancy one yeah
0: that all like the the famous researchers and stuff who work at the university where they go to eat Mm
1: -hmm. and so when we when we check in on letty at her waitressing job uh it's hectic the guy that she works with is shitty and like not good at at waiting and he's like oh, I just want to like write my novel and this is getting in the way of like my dreams and she's like I don't care like go get them water and then he quits in the middle of it and they already were short staffed and a new guy is supposed to show up to be trained that day so now she's like down two people and she needs to train this new guy and it's all a mess and Thabiso arrives in the midst of that
0: so she immediately uh, assumes, of course, that he is the new help and, you know, says like, oh, like, Jamal, like, you're late, but like, go do this and go do that and starts ordering him around like she's training him for the kitchen. And Thabiso, like, for a split second considers being like, uh, no, but then it's like, you know, I'm going to roll with it because this is the first time in a really long time that someone has treated me like this, mm-hmm. like I'm a normal human. So I'm going to lean into that just, just for like a couple minutes. He's like a fucking terrible waiter. The worst. Unsurprisingly. <laughs> he like at one point my favorite part and like this is so unrealistic to me because he talks while he's trying to be a waiter. Like he talks about like thinking about how he treats people like the waiters and the servants in his life. And, like, is kind of, like, leaning on that knowledge to be good. But then, like, he still says, like, someone, like, asks him for something and he's like, go get it yourself. And,
1: like, <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, it's, like, ridiculous. But whatever. Like, I fucking loved it. Uh. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: And and in the midst of it, he thinks Letty's is going to yell at him, but she's actually, like... They go back in the kitchen and sneak some chocolate and she's like, you know, I know this job is stressful and I know it's your first day and like, let's just breathe and we'll get through it. And he's like really impressed with what a, you know, chill, cool lady she is. And then he sets a table on fire. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> but she knows. I mean, she says, you know, I'm starting to think you lied on your resume. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, but we can work it out, you know? Yeah. Can, I get it. You know, you needed a job, whatever. Oh, man. And then he lights a table on the fire.
0: Yeah. And he, like, loses his temper and he gets mad at her, mostly embarrassed. He's embarrassed for himself and takes that out as, like, anger on her and, like, storms away. And then, like, she's like, fucking whatever, this guy. And then, I don't know, she does something, I can't remember. But he ends up, like, he's like, okay, like, I gotta start again. Like, this is, I need to to keep being around her so what I'm going to do is give her neighbor a surprise trip to Puerto Rico to visit her family and move sublet her neighbor's apartment across the hall
1: in an attempt to, like, meet cute with her again.
0: <laughs> and I'm
2: shaking my head. You can't see me, but I'm shaking my head.
1: And even um, Lakotzi, his assistant, is like, "This is stalking. This is not cool, bro." And he's like, "No, it, it'll be great. Let's just do it." <laughs> <laughs> and she
0: like legit, like straight up is like, "Like this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. You're an idiot." But yeah. fucking whatever, I guess. Well, I mean, you can't tell him no. What? What? You can't make him not
2: do it. So. Yeah.
0: He is the prince. Uh, so. She uh, is like, well, if you're going to like pretend to live this life, you're going to pretend to live this life. And instead of going out for dinner, she or she orders him
1: a delivery of fake blue apron called yellow spatula. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And of course, it accidentally gets delivered to Letty instead of to him. And the the delivery guys like whatever we just take it to the other apartment because nobody in this book except for Letty is good at their jobs. Yes.
0: <laughs> well, also I would I would argue that Lakatsi is also good. oh yeah she's you're right job. you're but right yeah. Right. But yeah, so she she like takes him this box and it's like fucking Jamal like what the fuck and he... and she's like
1: Mrs. Garcia has lived there for years like what are you doing here and it's so shady because he's so- like. He's like, oh, she just, like, it for a week because she went on vacation, and and she's just like, Letty's like, I never heard about any of this. But sure, okay, hello.
0: <laughs> and she's like, she's very taken aback because instead of like, being shitty, he like, immediately apologizes for the way that he acted, and he's like, very chill and not like, gross, like she would expect most guys that she's been with and been around. Uh, and he offers to cook her dinner of the the yellow spatula dinner. And she's like, well, like I, I am weirdly drawn to you. Like I've, I've known you before. And like, there's some sort of pull between us that I can't understand. So sure. We did forget to mention that he's hot. Oh yeah. In case you couldn't that, that might be a surprise to you. That this prince from this country in this romance novel, who is our love interest, is very hot. But he is, though. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, like, she comes in and immediately is frustrated that he can't cook, so she starts cooking for him. And he's, like, pissy, but not pissy enough to be like, no, I'm gonna do it. Uh, So she makes dinner and, like, finds herself telling him all of these things about herself that like some people she's known for years do- don't know because she never tells anyone anything mm-hmm. and it freaks her out so she like rushes out and he like pre-portions some food for her in Tupperware and is like no like you made dinner like you have to eat it and that surprises her too because he's not like no like stay here and eat with me or whatever he's just like oh no like you need to eat and keep up your strength to do science mm-hmm. for science um, so yeah, like this goes on for a little while. He continues to like, it intersperses between their point of view and she's like stressed out about trying to get an, in- she had an internship for the summer and it got canceled at the last minute because funding was cut from that department of the government. So they like closed it down together, the study that she was working on. Um, so she needs to find something else and she's got a study for finals and... Uh, She's having some, like, turmoil with her friendship with Portia because the implication is that Portia's actually uh, has a drinking problem. Yeah. And is, like, that is affecting their friendship in bad ways. They don't go into it as much as I would have liked.
2: She also has some issues, Portia, with her, her sister, who Letty seems to like just fine. And there's just this whole big... Porsche sized mess happening but you kind of feel bad for her because she's so unhappy. She's like the unhappy party girl.
1: Yeah. And also um Porsche's very well off so she's got a whole poor little rich girl vibe right. as well. Yeah.
0: And she's very like I can't remember exactly how um Alyssa Cole puts it but there's a point where Letty is talking to her and basically says, like, I want you to want good things for yourself as much as you want good things for everyone for other you
2: Yeah, that was really good.
0: Yeah. So there's just, she's got a lot of balls in the air, basically. And then, like, she's got this new hot ball who lives across the street, <laughs> who she can't stop running into and spending time with and being, like, really attracted to, even though she doesn't want that type of connection. And, and is jealous. Yes. Yes. Uh, Portia is jealous that she's spending time with someone else and isn't around to, like, counsel her through her meltdowns.
1: Where the hell are Um. You? And then Thabisa, meanwhile, is having these meetings about mining the whatever. Vibranium. I, I, we'll just call it vibranium. We'll call it vibranium. I think it might be a real thing thing that they use for making smartphones, but it might as well be Vibranium for all that we know about the mining industry. Yes. So he's having these meetings. They're being kind of rude to him, the the people he's meeting with. And there's a lot of... there's a lot of addressing of microaggressions throughout this book yes. of, you know, mainly that Letty gets at the lab and at work and all that. But then we also see Thabiso receiving them because even though he's a prince, like he's an African prince and these white businessmen are like, oh, yeah, whatever. You'll you want this deal. And so you need
2: our money. Yeah. We can do more for you than you can do for you or for us.
1: Yeah. And again, like we are drawing these parallels to Wakanda, another fictional African nation, but it seems like this is like pretty well off. Like maybe not Wakanda rich, but they're like pretty well off. They have some real, um, cool innovations happening in their cities. They have this mineable substance, so like they're they're mostly doing pretty well, except that also there's a mysterious plague affecting his people, um, which some are are attributing to the fact that he's not married and it's like a sign that the goddess is mad at their royal family and so he has to get married to end the plague, which he doesn't think is scientifically true, but he's stressed out about it and his parents are stressed out about it. And it's a whole thing. Yes. Um So he's...
0: And the other thing is, too, is that
1: he is
0: aware of the fact that he keeps lying to Letty, and that... Mm-hmm he doesn't want to be and i will give him this uh people who listen to this podcast or know me online probably know that like this like sort of protracted misunderstanding i know something you don't know bullshit trope is like my <laughs> least favorite thing but i will give him credit in this is he's aware of it and he does make some overtures to telling the truth there are a couple times throughout Where he is, like, trying to tell Letty the truth, but she doesn't want to hear it because she assumes that he wants to talk about himself and their relationship, and she doesn't want a relationship. She just wants someone really hot who will fuck her, Mm -hmm. which she does. Real good, apparently. He's real good at it.
1: Yeah, there's even one time where he's like you know, if if someone could tell you more information about the rest of your family besides your parents, wouldn't you want it? She's like, no, I definitely would never, ever want that. And she's, like, very definitively like, no. And he's like, well, alright, I guess. <laughs> and then, so, like, um, when it, and then there's another time he tries to tell her, like, um, someone runs in and interrupts them, like, they're interrupted multiple times when he's trying to tell her. Uh. But he also doesn't and I mean, I'm sure this is partially for plot purposes as
0: well, but like it, it would not take that long for him to be like, hold on one second. Like I was about to say something very important. Right. So yeah, like he, he leans into the excuses a little too hard.
1: Right.
2: He does. and And I, this is the one thing I just can't get over for him. Like, you know that she has family and, and they're sick. You know that her family is sick and you don't know you know if they're going to die or what and you still don't tell her yeah that's just the one thing that I'm like you know I love this character but that it's like sand under my skin I just can't it itches and I can't make it stop yeah you
1: know and like okay so we'll speed through a little bit how this all comes to head is is that Letty goes as, like, a plus one with Portia to this fancy gala, and it's like, oh, girls night out, like, whatever. And, of course, the Biso is there in his role as prince, and it's all... And also, while he's there, they announce that he's recently been engaged to some other woman, which is his parents have kind of arranged while he's been gone to New York because they don't know what's happening with Letty or, like, they don't care about it, and they just want him to get married as soon as possible because of this plague and, like, people are upset and it's, like, time for him to get married or whatever. So she finds out. She's very upset, um, of course. But when she goes into work on Monday, uh, her, her supervisor, not, like, the... Brian is not, like, he, I think, is, like, a level higher than her because she's a grad student, but he's not, like, in charge. And the doctor who's in charge is a woman, but she's not always there. Anyway, she comes in and Letty's is like snapping at Brian because she has had it. And the supervisor is like, hey, come talk to me. Um, we have this really good. Um, oh, no, we want you to give a tour to this important guest. That's it. And of course, it's the Biso who came into her lab and she is not having it. But her supervisor is like, he's an important donor. And you just like, could you just please do this? And I did like that the supervisor says, like, he's not, like, stalking you, right? Like, if this is something where we should call the police, let me know. But otherwise, if at all possible, would you just please do this? Because he's giving us a lot of money. And she's like, fine.
0: And I appreciate, too, that, like, the supervisor, when the supervisor walks in and she's fighting with Brian, like, Brian tries to throw her under the bus, of course, and the supervisor doesn't have it. And when Letty says, like, he's making me do this thing, I have too much of my own stuff to do, he never like she finally tells this woman like all of the shit he's been putting her through, and she's like, Brian, go wait for me in my office. And <laughs> when Letty says, like, okay, like I'll only do this if you make Brian do the thing that he was gonna make me do and also do all of my work, she's like, sure. Yeah.
2: <laughs> finally, somebody gets what's coming to him. Yes. yes.
0: <laughs> Suck it, Brian. Uh, So the viso is basically like, listen, here, we're not going to lie, but here's a thing that that I think is going to be beneficial to both of us. You come back with me as like, oh, like we found the missing princess, whatever. We don't have to say like we're going to get married. We'll just say that we're engaged because we are technically. Uh, But I will get you an internship for the summer with the like main doctor of epidemiology in yeah,
1: like the thistle and public health department or yes whatever.
0: because there's this plague going on and she will be able to like work on the ground to help figure out what's happening and hopefully try and find some sort of solution and it'll look real good on her resume and at the end of the summer she can just say like oh like i miss new york too much like i can't like do this as a princess. Like I have to go back home and we'll pretend they'll pretend that they parted amicably. Um, so she agrees to it. Cause she does like really need her, this like a, a good internship to look good on her resume. Mm-hmm. And she is like kind of curious about this background that she has, that she was unaware of. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they go, well, he goes back she follows him in a private plane like a week later and is continually thunderstruck by like how fancy all of all of the the royal shit is like mm-hmm. private plane with a
1: bed and like flies. Sends in, a driver to get her.
2: In, secret like, uh, R-gate. Oh, I just, yeah, <laughs> I was like, "Oh my god!" I thought first class was fancy.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just beyond. <laughs> and then, of course, this is um this reminded me a lot of fan fiction, like in a good way. Like it just is packed with all these tropes that you see over and over again in fan fiction, and like probably in romance novels too. But as I've said, I don't read as many of those. But it's a lot of stuff where like she gets there and. Even though she's, like, super smart scientist, she didn't check the weather or think that it would be cold there because it's mountainous. She was just like, Africa, it'll be warm. So she gets off the plane, like, in shorts, and it's cold. And so, of course, the Beast is like, here, let me put my my cloak over you. And so there's that. There's all these kind of... um you know they get snowed in in a cave and they have to like (laughs) huddle together for warmth there's all these kinds of like things that you would see as a tag on Archive of Our Own and they're just like all packed in this book yes and I love all of them I love all of them (laughs) Uh,
0: so she's like introduced to the royal family uh, the Bezos' parents immediately are very cold to her, especially his mother, who seems to think that she has some, like, ulterior motive, which, like, she sort of does, but also we as readers know that also she's, like, secretly in love with him, even though she won't admit it. Mm-hmm. And, and that she's a victim. She's a victim here, too. Like, she was taken away from
2: her this land that is hers and lost her parents, and why are you being so mean to her? Yeah,
1: yeah. why are you being so mean to her? Uh, so she,
0: like, has to go through all, like, these ceremonies and also starts, she meets her uncle, who we've already met in the narrative through uh, the Thabiso and know that he's, like, kind of shady. He's the head finance minister, and he was the person who was really pushing for this mining deal and kind of got all the other finance ministers all het up about it. Uh, so she meets him and also his daughter, And she finds out that when they were little, her dead aunt, her mother, and Biso's mother, the queen, were all like BFFs and loved each other so much and were super close and were all pregnant at the same time. And so like that kind of like throws more salt in the wound to her that the queen is treating her so badly. Mm -hmm. But her aunt died in childbirth and her cousin was also got very sickly because of the complications and they're never really it's never really elaborated or explained about that and like right away she well, she finds out that if a lot of people thought that her cousin was going to be chosen by the goddess as the like future princess but instead it was letty and apparently like her uncle was real pissed about that and got like even more pissed when his wife died in childbirth as you do like sure. that makes sense yeah um and he keeps trying to give her this tea which like the second he was like drink this tea i was like oh
1: <laughs> right <laughs> don't do it yeah and and the cousin tries to stop to not blatantly but she's like oh no we don't have time for tea like we have to go now uh, <laughs> she here take pick these... Pick these vitamins yeah, <laughs> yeah it's so important vitamins
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, so she like does research into what's going on and no one can figure it out and they go to the village where she was born and they have to go by donkey and then a snowstorm happens and they're trapped in a cave as mm-hmm. we said mm-hmm. And then when they get back, she still has the tea that her uncle gave her. And
1: she, like, drinks it real quick because she's thirsty. And also she's, like, fidgeting because they're, like, talking to the royal parents and they're being dicks about it. And she's like, I'll just drink this tea, I guess.
0: Yeah. So she, like, immediately <laughs> gets very sick and pukes and is hospitalized with the weird plague. And while, like, thinking backwards to what she did right before she got sick, she realizes it's the tea And then like, blah, 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 science, something, because she (laughs) hasn't been drinking. She's not exposed to the tea. It's from a special local herb that only grows in the village where she grew up. And because she's not exposed to it all the time, she got sick immediately, but everyone else is exposed to it like a little bit. It's like growing in their system. So they're getting sick slowly.
1: Yeah. And her uncle... Is is doing it or knows about it? Like it's part of her uncle's scheme because the mining he mm-hmm. wants the mining to happen because he'll profit from that somehow, and so he wants the town to be fucked up so that they'll be like, oh, see, this town is plague Let's just like destroy it and put a mine here instead. Well, he
0: wants to. He wants them to because the prince doesn't want the mining, so his. Goal is that he'll tell everyone, oh, everyone's getting sick because of this mineral, oh, and yeah. the prince won't let us mine it to like make our to, and we would get money from mining, and also we wouldn't be sick anymore. Like right. fuck that guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When
1: yeah. really, I mean, like, pretty brilliant. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's a pretty good scheme. <laughs> 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 but he didn't count on Letty. That's right. He would have gotten away for, for it. Pesky kid kids. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, so, like, Letty and Fabiso, uh, like, make up and they are they don't, like, jump right into, like, marriage or anything. But, like, it's very clear that they she's forgiven him and, like, they're going to try a relationship. But she's still going to go back to New York to, like, finish her degree. Mm-hmm. And he's going to, like, buy an apartment in New York and, like, do some work in New York that needs to be done over the next couple months. And the uncle goes to jail and
1: hooray. Yeah.
0: yes. And we we find out, too, that the uncle is responsible for her parents leaving. And that's why the queen was being so rude to her was because her mother was like her best friend in the world, and she felt very betrayed that she left and then, like, never spoke to her again. Uh, But then we find out that really, like the uncle, there was some sort of scheme, and we don't know more about it. But he, he, like threatened them, and so they had to flee the country. Yes. And
2: I just wonder if he had anything to do with their death. I mean,
0: I know that, yeah. But it's like, huh? It was when I finished this, I was very. I liked it a lot. Obviously, we keep talking about how much we liked it, mm-hmm. and like like Renata said, with the exception of the misunderstanding, like it just went down and like checked all of my favorite tropes, mm-hmm. um, so that was great. But there were a lot of threads left dangling. Her relationship with Portia was still weird. Like they kind of make up, but we never really go into more detail
1: about why Portia's so fucked up. It definitely felt like it was laying the groundwork for there to be another book about Portia,
2: right? Yeah. Which is the next book.
1: Oh, it is? Oh, Oh, great.
2: Um, Yeah, um, A Duke by default is the next book. Okay,
1: I saw that that was that, but I I guess I didn't click through to realize that was about her. That's great. I want to read that.
0: That makes more sense, because a lot of, like, all the stuff with her uncle, and, like, why her parents were sent away, like, that was left. A lot of the Portia stuff was left. A lot of, there's this, like, weird vibe between Portia and her sister that wasn't really super developed. So that okay that
2: I, feel... yeah, I think a lot of the Porsche stuff is going to be in the next book. I don't know if we're going to find out, you know, the whole backstory of Letty's parents. That might just be lost to time, but I definitely the Porsche stuff.
1: I don't think that I believe that the uncle was responsible for them dying cuz it was a car accident. I think it... it
2: it was. I just watched too many spy movies and a car accident is you know, a great, a great cover.
1: <laughs> no, I, like, yeah, it could be fake, but I just feel like that is, it wasn't necessarily implied, and I feel like maybe that is a step further than what the uncle's scheme actually was. Like, I, I don't know, though. It, no, you right. Yeah, but it could be. We don't know what he's capable of. Exactly my point. <laughs> Uh, I mean, he did, he did poison his parents, question mark, or at least, like, didn't help them, so. So All share, man. Um, yeah, and it did have a lot of, and I find this relatable, because, like, I definitely have written Avengers fan fiction or whatever, where I'm like, uh, and Tony Stark did science, question mark? And, like, it's it's just, like, I'll just type did science, question mark, and then, like, I gotta Google something and put it in here. And anytime there was kind of science stuff in here, I felt like, I was like, I understand your struggle. I feel like you have just put in science, question mark, and you've come back to it. And that's fine. That's about all I, I want out of it. Like, I don't need a ton of, like, actual science. And I also feel like the the mystery and all that, it was definitely, like, Second banana to to the romance, and that's mainly what we're here for. Yeah, and I feel like the Ro- the Nora Roberts books we've read have maybe been more of a like fifty fifty split of like romance and other, and this is maybe like seventy romance, thirty other. Yeah, and that's fine. Yes, but yeah, like I I like this a lot. This was a good read. Yeah. Oh, we haven't talked at all. This is sort of nominally like oh royal wedding, Harry and Meghan. I- i'm i'm not actually that invested in the real royal wedding so i have a lot to say about it <laughs> good for them question mark
2: <laughs> i i feel like it's kind of it hits that spot of commoner to royalty that people are um feeling with Meghan and harry
0: Oh, sorry. I um, I just remembered one of the other things about A, like we actually haven't talked about that much. But B was another thing that I felt was dangling. Was, uh, Lico- Licozzi, Oh yeah. Who is the assistant to um, what's his name, uh, Thiboso, who's like super badass and and like very fashionable and a lesbian and like awesome and snarky, and there's a whole subplot with her too, where she's like dating this woman while they're in America and then like it ends poorly and then like there's when she gets back when they get back to the solo there's some like undercurrents with her and someone else. Yeah like one of the doctors. Yeah. And yeah anyway, I would also
1: read a book about her. I would
0: read 900 books about her. <laughs> I was so happy there was a cool person in this yeah.
1: book. Yeah. <laughs> you know and it's something again like Nicholas Sparks books or whatever get taken seriously by kind of the mainstream. But Nicholas Sparks, I don't know. I, I haven't read any, like all, all of his books, but I don't think he ever puts like non white people in them. I don't think he ever puts queer people in them. He's actively donating money to schools that don't like queer people. Like Nicholas Sparks would never. And Alyssa Cole is just doing it all. Yes. And oh, making
2: and- it seem like it's normal. Like there's yes. not a big special sign like insert queer person here. It's just. She's just a person.
1: Yeah, she's just there. She's just trying to do her, like, whatever fake Tinder app. Right. It's done, like, subtly, but, like, very well marked if
0: you know what to look for. Like, the second she was introduced, I was like, oh, my God, she's a lesbian. And it's not until, like, five chapters later that it's confirmed that she's a lesbian. And I I just, I was so happy.
2: Well, Um, and nobody's worried about it. It's... It's just it just is, and that's kind of the world we're trying to get to. Yeah. And so I appreciate reading that in books.
1: Um, and also a uh, uh, person with a disability. Uh, Portia's sister yep. is a wheelchair user. Not a huge character, but probably in the next one, if it's about Portia. I yes. Assume. So yeah, it was good all around.
0: All around, I was very pleased by, with the exception of I shouldn't say all around, with the exception of that one secret telling, lying. Misunderstanding bit, like, mm-hmm.
2: and, and I kind of like that in the friendship department. She doesn't let Portia off the hook,
1: yeah, right? Like she, yeah, they have a just good not conversation. Not like, oh, okay,
2: you me. know, I get it. It's fine. Let's be best friends again. She's kind of like, no, you know, I need to take some time and and think about how we're going to change this dynamic because it's not working.
1: Yeah. Oh, because the other thing we didn't say is Portia. Had suspected, like, Portia met the BISO when he was like undercover as Jamal, and she kind of recognized him. And then she is the one who invited her to the gala where she found out that he definitely was the BISO. And and Letty was like, Oh, you knew. And Portia was like, Oh, I, I suspected, but I wasn't sure. But uh, she didn't say anything about it, and so Letty's furious about that too, which I think rightfully so, also, right? Yeah, if like you're gonna bring me out
2: here
0: to embarrass me. Yeah. In public? Yeah. In front of all these people? Nah. uh And it was another thing that I loved about the friendship. I mean, I think we, we already talked a little bit about how seriously it's taken and how, like, it's on the same level. But it it is, like, constantly on the same level. Like, at one point when she's, like, ruminating over why the betrayal from the Be so hurts so much, she, like, directly compares it to the betrayal from Portia and, like, weighs, like, the pros and cons of each with the same amount of weight. And then um, later on when she's talking to the queen and the queen is admitting, like, oh, like, I'm sorry that I treated you so badly. It was because, like, your mother was my best friend in the world and I felt so hurt and betrayed when she left. And... Um, Letty even says, like, yeah, like, when you break up with someone, like, everyone expects you to hurt like that. But when you lose a friend, it's just as bad, if not worse. But nobody, like, gives you that space to grieve for it the way you should. And, yeah. They're yeah, it's really happy. Yeah, that
2: was, that was nice. And I like that um, Biso called Portia when Letty got sick. Yeah. Because you wouldn't necessarily expect that, but he did. Because he understood,
1: yeah, and and got a got a plane to bring her over to see her too. Yes, yeah, it was great. <sighs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, we read uh, two James Patterson books before this. We did, and <laughs> and the Helen Gurley Brown. Yeah, yeah, we deserve this. <laughs> we deserve this. <laughs> <laughs> we've, earned, we've earned this one. We've earned yeah. our happily ever oh, after, yeah. or happily for now, as it were. <sighs> All right, um. Is there anything else we want to say about the plot of this book before we move on to our dramatic readings?
2: More like it, please.
1: Yeah, more, yes, yes more, please. Um, so our
0: first dramatic reading is between Thabiso and Lacati when uh, Thabiso is like starting to lean hard into this. Uh, I'm gonna pretend to be
1: Jamal yeah nonsense and I will be Thabiso and Kate will be Lakotzi. there was something at least a little untoward about bribing the old woman who lived across the hall from the woman you are trying to get to know better stalking just like a hair away from it really this behavior is
0: unbecoming and to a woman of Naledi's cultural background you could be seen as a
1: threat I am no threat. I just need a way to continue observing her without her knowledge or revealing that I lied about my identity when we first met. The only response was the of Lakatsi sucking her teeth. He should have chided her for forgetting her place, but he was in Jamal mode, so he let it slide. I certainly wouldn't
0: like it if a strange man pursued me in such a way.
1: I'm not a strange man, he bit out as he hung up the linen shirt. He was Naledi's betrothed. Betrothed? Hmm. But still, Lakotzi's words had some truth to them. He wouldn't like a strange man pursuing Likotsi, who didn't desire the attentions of any man. Wait. He strode into the living room. Do you think perhaps Naledi has the same predilections as you? Predilections? She tilted her head to regard him like he was a jumping spider she was tracking before she stomped on it. How should I know if she enjoys her popcorn with salt instead of sugar? The Biso's face scrunched into an expression of contrition. My apologies. I meant, in your research, was there any evidence that she might be attracted to women? Well, exclusively women? He'd felt sparks of heat from Letty several times during his ill-fated attempt at serving. That is, before he'd put up sparks of his own and nearly set her workplace on fire. But perhaps he'd read too much into her reaction to him. Lakotzi burst into laughter, her hand slapping her knees as she doubled over from it. Your Highness, while I admit
0: that you are a fine specimen of a man, being a lesbian is not the only possible reason a woman wouldn't respond to your attentions.
1: That bit stung. Mostly because it was the truth. For a normal man... For all of his life, people liking him or desiring him had been a predetermined thing, inextricably tied to his royal status. He'd thought himself so clever when he decided to go along with Naledi's misunderstanding and pretend to be Jamal. But maybe being a prince was the only thing about him that would interest a woman. I am determined to get to know her, Lakotzi. That is my right. He needed a second chance. He couldn't let things end as they had. Just thinking of his petulant behavior brought heat to his face. Another.
0: Seriously, sire. I'm starting to wonder if I shouldn't have loaned you that book that everyone was passing around the palace. I know you've never had to work for female attention, so let me be clear. In reality, women don't like when strangers show up at their jobs and track their every mood under the auspices of getting to know them please keep in mind that just because you have the money to do things doesn't mean they should be done.
1: Which I love because it's not ever said by name, but that seems like such a call out of Fifty Shades of Grey. Yes, I love that. And I love uh, the explicit recognition of the fact
0: that bisexuality exists. Yes,
1: yes. Both are good. Yes. (laughs) All right. right, um, Our next dramatic reading is from... A little bit later when uh, Letty still thinks that he's Jamal, but she knows that he's, like, very well off and has never ridden the subway before. So they go and get, like, a bodega sandwich and get on the subway, and she's kind of schooling him on the subway. And it's, it's like, pretty cute, you guys. <laughs> and uh, Kate will be Letty, and I will be Thabiso.
0: Now they stood on the subway platform with a bag full of sandwiches, beverages, and random items she'd pulled off the shelves just to appease Julio, waiting for the uptown A-train. Jamal was still looking at her after his barrage of questions, so Letty held up three fingers. To answer your questions, it's hot because the subway has its own weather system that varies by station. It can be a beautiful day outside. Then you step onto a train platform and it's like you're standing in the devil's ass crack. She folded one finger down. The smell is probably stagnant water or the decomposing body of one of the mole people who live in the tunnels. She folded her middle finger down, leaving her index finger, finger, which was pointed in the direction of two rats who were circling each other, about to engage in pasta cuffs over a half-eaten slice of pizza. Definitely rats. This is their kingdom, and we're just passing through. Don't ever think you have a priority on these platforms, because they don't back down, and despite the bubonic plague smear campaign, a rat bite will mess you up good. You're kidding, right? The rats on the track in front of them started squealing and rearing up. Letty shuddered and dragged him down the length of the platform. The grams in their cage was one
1: thing. Wild sewer rats were entirely another. Honestly, this station looks like it could collapse at any moment. I've read reports of America's crumbling infrastructure, but I'd assumed it was exaggeration.
0: He looked around at the stained ceilings and cracked flaking paint.
1: This city is held together
0: by hope and insomnia, she said. Who needs infrastructure? Americans, Letty shrugged. But seriously, though, I hope you have travelers insurance because there's been some derailments lately. Jamal's head whipped towards her. Wait, what? A gust of warm air carried the familiar subterranean scent that preceded the rumble and screech of the train as it pulled into the station. Then a rectangular steel car emblazoned with a circle of blue and white appeared.
1: Jamal made a perpe- perplexed grunt. It looks like the trains in movies, but the movies I watched as a child, I imagine they'd be more modern by now. One crowded car passed, but the one pulling up before them was empty,
0: which set off Letty's subway sense. She grabbed him again and jogged down to the next car, which held a good number of people, but wasn't sardine can-packed.
1: Why did we run? More rats? Maybe. Never get on an empty
0: train car when the ones on either side are full, she explained. That means that something not okay is going on in there. The doors between train cars are locked sometimes, and you don't want to be trapped in a car with rats, random human excretions, or something worse.
1: That's good life advice from Letty.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I learned something.
1: (laughs) All right. And our last dramatic reading, this is what y'all came for. We're, We're jumping into one of the sexy scenes. Specifically, when they're up in their um, not-sadness, and they're in their pleasure cave in the mountains. <laughs> the opposite of Wolverine's lonely, sad, sadness caves. <laughs> and for this one, we'll mix it up, and I'll be Letty, and Kate will be Thabiso.
0: I don't think I could live without
1: this sweetness. She pushed against his shoulder to press him back to the ground, and then straddled him. You'd live fuck boyitis isn't a terminal illness. <laughs> but chronic lack of naledi is. Leads to brittle bones. She snorted, which wasn't very sexy, but she was glad that she wasn't the only one who turned into a complete cornball before sex. He leaned up on his elbows and nipped at her mouth before kissing her, hard. Her skin buzzed from the roughness of his beard, heightening the sensation. She leaned back and pulled her sweater off. While the fabric was still over her head, she felt his palms pass over her breasts and then a tug at the chain that hung around her neck. You still wear my gift, he said, as she felt her bra pulled down and the crest of smooth, warm metal and glass over one of her nipples in contrast to the cool air of the cave. She shuddered and rocked against him, finally working her way out of the ridiculous cowl neck just as his mouth replaced the inorganic material against her skin. His hands were at the buttons of her stretchy jeans as he sucked and nipped at the stiff peaks of her breasts. Yes, there we go, she thought, as his short, rough hair brushed her areola, making her jump from the shock before he soothed her with his tongue. She stood to shimmy out of her pants and underwear, so preoccupied with the heat in his gaze as he watched her that she almost threw her jeans into the fire. She bent to ret- bent over to retrieve them and heard him groan. Stop teasing me, Naliti. She threw them a safe distance from the flames and crawled back onto his lap. The bulge at his groin jumped invitingly as he thickened, pressing up against her as she moved to settle against his cock. He stopped her mid-kneel. Wrong seat, he said. Then his strong hands were at the backs of her thighs, urging her up his torso and toward his face. Um... That syllable was the only one she was able to emit before his hands clenched her ass and his beard nestled between her thighs. Holy shit, she gasped. His tongue pressed hard against her clit as he lapped and sucked and nibbled, pleasure dispersing through her body like a substance that would expand until it filled every part of its container. Her knees pressed into the rocky ground that was barely softened by the blanket, but the nerve receptors there were dampened by the work being put in by Fabiso's tongue. Letty ground into his face, crying out at the scrape of his beard against sensitive skin. His fingers pressed hard into her thighs, but above all, at his tongue. That tongue alone made the Solo one of the wonders of the modern world. "'The Biso fuck!' she whimpered, and his name on her lips seemed to flip the switch on the tornado feature of his tongue. "'The Biso swirled the hard warmth against her clit without mercy,' And Letty's arms flailed wildly in the air as she reached for something, anything, to keep her from being knocked over by the sensation. Finally, just as the orgasm curled her toes and bent her back, she grabbed his head and rode it out. At her abrupt cries, Thibisa slowed down, slackened his hold on her, and licked more softly. Her thighs trembled and she felt him smile against her, a shockingly intimate sensation. She crawled down his body, and he sat up so that his face was level with hers when her ass came into contact with his still-clothed erection. He looped his arms around her and kissed her. Are you okay, goddess of fire? She almost laughed at the ridiculous moniker, but then she stopped herself. She was feeling pretty powerful with all the good, post-orgasmic bliss zinging through her. No, she said, then kissed him, tasting her own essence. You're not in sight of me. The Biso leaned over to reach into his bag and pulled out a sleeve of condoms. I'm dating a public health student. Oh, Thabiso, <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> <sighs> love that. Love that tornado feature tongue.
0: <laughs> I noticed, too, um, as... Looking, going through that passage that I, I don't think I necessarily noticed the first time I read it, that a lot of the ways that she thinks about sex are very, like, I don't want to say scientific, but, like, related to, like, looking at it through the lens of, like, a science or lab work, if that makes sense.
1: Well, that's the way she looks at everything. It's
0: true. It is. And I, I don't like that trope usually. And I mean, I don't love it here either. But it, I, it was very well done that it, it continued throughout, like, even things like that, as opposed to her just being like, I am a scientist. I don't understand emotions. Yeah. Beep boop, I'm a robot.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's it's sexy science.
0: <laughs> sexy
1: science. I like it. All right. So that that's a little taste of what that book is. And as we've said before, it's pretty good. So... Yeah, you should read it. Yeah. Or just let us read you the best parts, which we just did. (laughs) So let's move on now and play some Would You Rather. And I'll ask, would you rather work as a waitress with Dan or a lab assistant with Brian?
2: And I can't kill either one.
1: (laughs) You can't, but uh, I mean, like if the restaurant gets set on fire and Dan dies, that's not (laughs) not on you.
2: (laughs) I think I'm picking... The restaurant, though, because Dan leaves. Dan does leave. And even though I have to do everything than myself, it's still better than working with that dude. Brian, on the other hand, <laughs> wants me to do all of his work and my
0: work. Yeah. Yeah, I'm also going to go with Dan because I feel like having to do all of the work because the person you work with is, like, fucking lazy and incompetent. And it's like, but it's also just, it's not your career, it's just the work that you're doing to make money feels different to me than, like, being in a situation where it directly affects your career, and, like, you're fucking being taken advantage of by both your superior, like, it seems like the chef at the restaurant respects her. It's just this fucking asshole waiter who she has to work with who's, like, a space case asshole. Um, And I'd rather work with a space case asshole who's on the same level as me than have to deal with someone who's above me and treats me like garbage.
2: Yeah, because one wrong move or one wrong, you know, misplaced word and you can kind of screw yourself, you know, out of whatever internships or whatever you're trying to get throughout your career and maybe even afterwards.
1: Yeah. I hadn't
2: thought about it that way. That's very true.
1: I, I think both waitress and lab assistant are two jobs that I would be terrible at, and I would <laughs> yeah, I would be so bad at both of them. Uh, Dan and Brian aside, one of the duties of lab assistant is that you have to kill the mice, which I mean Letty doesn't like it. Like, and I, I have friends who've had to do this in science jobs and like I understand it's just part of science and you just have to do it. but I don't want to. I really don't want to. So I'll be a waitress. <laughs>
2: i actually think i might be dan in this situation oh yes
1: yeah i would be i would be like spacing out like letty would hate working with me she'd be like you have to go and like bring the table their bread and i'd be like what no i was on my phone sorry exactly
2: Uh,
1: i was playing diner dash instead of actually (laughs) doing this uh boy how about, uh, would you rather be royal with responsibilities like Thabiso or free and cool like Jamal? Uh,
0: I, I would absolutely rather be a royal with responsibilities if it meant that I was financially stable and had access to good things in life as well. Uh, when we very briefly meet the actual Jamal, like he's very panicked that he's late for this new job because he needs the money. And like I have been there and I've had to feel that and deal with that and it's awful and stressful and I'm already stressed all the time because of money. So like I I would deal with having to learn about mining if it meant that I didn't have to worry about like what order I pay my bills in to make sure I didn't overdraw my checking account.
2: Well that's very true. But I mean and and definitely I think that I would pick the royal, but it just seems like he never gets a moment's peace.
1: Really. And, well, and also the real Jamal, let's not forget, the real Jamal just got paid twenty thousand dollars to not be a waiter. Right. So that's pretty good. I mean that's obviously not gonna last you forever in New York, but that's pretty good.
2: All he had to do was nothing. Yeah. Although I mean I can't I wouldn't turn down being royal and rich, I guess.
1: I don't know. I don't think that I would want the responsibility of being a royal. Uh it seems like too much. I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna go be a Jamal. The quick payday for you. I don't blame you, ma'am. That's right. <laughs> payday and then and then just just go be a dick on Twitter. And you <laughs> know, like Meghan Markle, she had to give up her all her social media. Now it's just only like approved royal like, announcements yeah, and true. stuff, that seems... <sighs> I mean, listen, I'm happy for her, but I'm I'm just gonna keep it real. <laughs> As Jamal. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, well, last up, how about, would you rather cook a yellow spatula meal, which is, of course, the blue apron knockoff that uh, the Biso gets, or eat at Steaks and Cakes, which is Of course, the fictional restaurant from Christian Mingle the movie that only serves steaks and cakes.
2: I gotta go with steaks and cakes.
0: Yeah, you know, I've been doing a lot of Blue Apron, which is, you know, obviously basically the same as Yellow Spatula. And while I like it, like, how could anything compare to a restaurant where you get an entire platter of steaks and a full cake with every meal? Mm -hmm.
1: Uh, Yes, of course I'm choosing steaks and cakes. I do wonder if we could reach out... Maybe Yellow Spatula could be our new sponsor (laughs) Uh, I I mean I know I know that other meal service Sponsors a lot of other podcasts But not this one But you know maybe you could go To yellowspatula.com And use promo code Sakes and Cakes To to get a free fictional meal box (laughs) I'm just saying let's look into it (laughs) All right, well, good game, everyone. Let's now move on to Reader's Advisory, where we suggest books to read instead of or in addition to A Princess in Theory, which, I mean, I'm I'm going to definitely say in addition to A Princess in Theory is getting our full stamp of recommendation. But since we do have an award-winning Reader's Advisory <laughs> expert here with us, uh, Robin, why don't you tell us some other romance novels that you would recommend?
2: Well, and... When I was thinking about this, they're not um spot-on matches, so these aren't gonna be all royal romances, but each one That's... of them kind of made me think about this book in a in a in a way. So That's great. X- Expand our that...
1: horizons.
2: Yes. So these are the things. Um the first two are You Out of Nowhere by Jay Tria, which is kind of a meet cute. They meet on a subway. Um, And they are talking about Jane Austen. And then it turns out they're both on their way to a blind date with each other set up by the heroine's friend who also happens to be the hero's boss. So that is kind of fun. And she is older than him by 10 or 11 years, I think. So that's, also something that you don't see very often um, and the beginner's guide love and other chemical reactions by six de los reyes is sciency like she's a scientist and she's trying to um, use science to figure out attraction so and to find a date actually for a wedding so that was kind of interesting and made me think of this book um, Love Will Always Remember by Tracy Livesey, which is a an amnesia book, which I'm usually no thank you to amnesia. It's been used so often on TV and movies and books everywhere. I can't remember. Oh, my God, it's a soap opera trope. But this one, she actually makes it work. Um, and the heroine is engaged to be married and wakes up, and this guy is at her bedside because she fell leaving his restaurant after they had an argument. She's engaged to his brother, actually, Ooh. and her, his brother says, you know, can you please pretend to be me because I'm off doing something else.
1: <laughs> and, like and you And can't
2: get there because he's an asshole. Hijinks ensue. They end up together. It's perfect. <laughs> And Perv by Dakota Gray, which is on the erotic romance side. So if you're not into erotic romance, this is not the book for you.
1: Hmm.
2: But also, um, she, the heroine in this book, is trying to get revenge on the hero who has who is, goes around and, you know, picks up women and sleeps with them, makes them fall in love with them and then leaves. And this happened to her best friend and she ended up dying And so she's using her own feminine wiles to basically do the same thing to him. And hijinks ensue there. (laughs)
1: Love those hijinks.
2: (sighs) Hijinks are awesome. Mm -hmm. A Bollywood affair, another um, engaged or married, they were married as children. And then the hero or the heroine is thinking that she's still married And the hero has gone off about his life and forgot all about, you know, her. So she comes to America to figure things out, find him, do things. And she ends up with a whole new life that's even better than the one she thought she wanted, being married. Blush by Cherry Adair is another of mistaken identity. The hero is, hero in quotes, an assassin who is charged with killing the heroine. And so he you know, slides into her life and gets to know her, and of course he doesn't kill her. But yeah,
1: <laughs> you don't see
2: too many assassins in romance novels. And this is also on the erotic romance side, so not for you. And Big Rock by Lauren Blakely. And this is an interesting book because when I picked it up, I read the first chapter or so and I was like nah this isn't for me so I put it down and then for some reason I picked it back up again and ended up loving it and it's two best friends who uh, decide to fake an engagement for reasons and end up falling for each other
1: (laughs) (laughs) of course they do (laughs) Like
2: that's the best thing and um, I just was like no you know this isn't really for me and I don't know what made me pick it back up But I did. And all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, my God, this is the best book I've read this week or whatever, you know, when I read it. And I actually tweeted that to her and she was she found that very funny.
1: Okay, All right. Well, thank you for those. We'll have all of those up at worstbestsellers.com under our readers advisory tab for this episode. I just have a a couple quick ones that I want to shout out. Uh, One is, of course, Black Panther the movie, which we uh, have mentioned various times, just just because of the fictional African nation with high-tech abilities. But also, there's pretty good romance inside of Black Panther the movie.
0: I have to admit that uh, I definitely was, as I was reading this, I was like, you could make this into a Black Panther fanfiction at you real easy.
1: Yeah, it absolutely could be. Um, I also want to shout out The Royal We by Heather Cox and Jessica Morgan, which I know I've mentioned on here before, uh, but if you haven't read it, it's great. They are the women behind the Fug Girls fashion blog, which I enjoy reading. And it's just oh, yeah. it's a smart, um, funny romance that's sort of, um, you know, what if a British prince married an American exchange student? What if? Uh, it's it's fun. And then uh, a YA romance novel called Chemistry Lessons by friend of the show Meredith Goldstein that I recently read. It's I read an advanced copy of. It's not out for a few months, but it's really sweet. And it has a lot of the same... Um, the heroine is a scientist or she has a, a summer internship in science and it's very... It's very science, but also I want to particularly shout it out because this is a book that has another trend we have been observing in worst bestsellers books where parents leave a sex diary for their children. And this book I love because Maya, the heroine of chemistry lessons, responds to this diary appropriately, which is to say she is grossed out and horrified and puts it down after reading one page.
0: As opposed to, perhaps, as with uh, Bridges of Madison County, uh, crying and contacting a famous author because it's so good, it needs to be made into a book so that everyone else can appreciate
1: how wonderful it is. Mm -hmm. Or James Patterson. Well, that kid actually just died. (laughs) (laughs) Probably from the shame of knowing that diary was waiting for him. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, that. (laughs) That. (laughs) <laughs> uh, Kate, anything you want to talk about?
0: <laughs> um, not really. I mean, we said it before, but like, read some fan fiction fan if you're fiction. into this sort of shit. It is. You can like go onto archive of our own and search by like royalty or. Uh, misunderstanding not that you should because it's garbage Mm -hmm. no I'm not shaming I'm shaming you a little bit it's a terrible trope Uh,
1: you you can search just by like bed sharing cuddle together for warmth you can search by any shit that you want to read on there yeah and
0: you know I've just like I've been watching like a lot of murder shows lately and they don't really connect with this at all so that's fair
1: alright so (laughs) we'll have uh, we'll have all of these uh, up on our website worstbestsellers.com you can also tweet at Robin for more romance recommendations. I'm just going to volunteer that. Okay. <laughs> or just follow her Twitter. She's always tweeting out good stuff, but we'll get to that later. Uh, now it's time for candy pairing where we will suggest a candy to go along with, with this book. Just like, you know, Thabiso's Royal Sommelier would, would suggest a wine to go with his meal I can
0: go first. <laughs> go for um, So it. mine is homemade macarons, which is actually what I was eating while I was reading this. But, you know, macarons, when you make them at home, they're fussy. They're difficult to get right. Uh, the recipe is kind of tricky sometimes. But if you manage to succeed, they're very delicious. Uh, shout out to Becca for making macarons and then leaving them at home when she left so that I could eat them when I got back from my trip.
1: Oh, great job,
2: Becca. Uh, me. So I was thinking of the 100 Grand Bar because it the book has so many different layers. Mm. Like the 100 Grand Bar, there's the caramel, there's whatever crispy thing that's in there. There's chocolate. It's just all so good. See, also Twix, now that I'm thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Just think, like... They're, they're great together, but each layer is also good. So you have like the romance and you have the friendship and you have the science and you have the city of New York and you there's so many things that are so well done. And the humor, which we didn't talk about a lot about in this book, but it's also very funny.
1: It's very so, funny. Uh,
2: a lot of different things going on in this book that all make a delicious candy bar.
1: Well and plus also a hundred grand like I mean the visa is way more than a hundred thousand dollars, but <laughs> you know true. he's out there driving hundred grands, like like no worries. <laughs> Um, my candy pairing would be a king-size bag of Skittles. King-size because he's royalty, obviously. Uh, and then uh, Skittles just because I really like Skittles. But there is a little bit of... There's a variety. Obviously, there's all the different fruit flavors that come together. Some of the fruit flavors are better than others. Like the red Skittle is like getting snowed into a cave. And the yellow Skittle maybe is like this whole deceit and deception but still all in all it's a really good bag of candy that i enjoyed eating
2: and can i just say this w- wouldn't necessarily come up in any other context mrs garcia comes back from puerto yes, rico yes. hot dude yes
1: Get A-plus. it, Mrs. Garcia. No one is left behind in this book.
2: <laughs> no one.
1: And I
2: love that. I mean, it's just, a, it's just a little thing. She didn't have to put it in there, but I love that she did.
1: Yes, same. Uh, yeah, and we we are understand that Mrs. – you know, Thibiso paid Mrs. Garcia very well for her apartment, so she got a much nicer trip to Puerto Rico than she otherwise would have, so just – Ah, just great stuff all around for everyone Oh, okay. Mrs. Garcia got her groove back <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be book three in the series <laughs> I hope <laughs> all right uh, now it's time for our favorite game The Rock Paper Snicked where we attempt to improve this already great book um, in Kate's case by putting Dwayne The Rock Johnson into it in my case <laughs> by putting Wolverine in it Uh, robin will hear both of our proposals and she can choose which will most enhance the book or she can choose paper which is to leave the book as is all right if dwayne the rock johnson were in this
0: book he would be one of the I i can't remember the name of fake uber all of the i know i said this before but all of the fake things in this were amazing um, but he'd be one of the fake uber drivers who uh the has during his stay in new york while he's masquerading as jamal and during one particularly long ride while they're stuck in traffic the rock would start like a friendly chat with him to pass the time and because the rock just has that type of personality uh, Tabiso would find himself opening up to him and without going into too many like oh I'm actually a prince identifying details he would explain the situation with Letty and the rock would think on this problem for a few minutes and then advise him to tell Letty the truth no matter what she tried to say to distract him or change the subject he had to make the truth a priority and not just attach himself to every excuse to avoid it uh, this would happen like before uh the and Letty had like their whole sex point-of-no-return thing that happens that kind of starts the downfall of his ability to tell her what's going on. Um, So he would admit to the truth to her before that. Um, And it would generally get rid of the unnecessary conflict and deception in the first part of the book, but the rest of it would pretty much play out the same
1: way. By the way, while you were talking, I looked it up. The fake Uber is called Super Lifts. Yes. Alright, that sounds great, but if Wolverine were in this book, uh, I think he would get a call from his old friend T'Challa, a.k.a. Black Panther, uh, making some inquiries about Thibiso being in New York and the Princess Plague and all that, because, you know, Wakanda and the Solo, I, I assume, share a border, so he's he's in on all of this, um, but he can't make it to New York, so he asks his friend Wolverine to go try to set up a meeting with Thibiso and see what's up. I think Wolverine would end up getting really suspicious of the whole deal. And um, he would, of course, also meet Letty because they're hanging out and the Beast is staying in that sketchy apartment. So, in the course of this, I think Wolverine would pull some strings and get Letty an internship in Wakanda instead of the one that she does in The Solo. Uh, so, of course, she and her mentor Shuri would still figure out the whole plague situation right away before anybody gets too sick from it. But Letty would have a little bit more space to process everything that happened with the Biso before having to jump right back into all that whole betrothal ceremony stuff. I think they would still get there, but maybe just be in a slightly different mental space by the time she got to that point.
2: Wow. Well, you know, <laughs> oh, it's hard to vote against Black Panther, but I think I have to go with The Rock.
1: That's fair. I think...
2: I think I have to go with The Rock. I kind of like the whole, those two working it out in the back of a cab slash superlift. <laughs> and then him actually taking the advice instead of ignoring it, like he did with Lakoti, and making
1: it work. The Rock does give extremely good advice. It's true. And people tend to listen. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And, you know, honestly, I'm sure that somebody would write the the Wolverine version of the fanfic with Black Panther anyway.
1: So, like, maybe you could win and, and get to read both. Yeah. You know, or maybe Letty and Thabisa could go on their honeymoon to Wakanda. Yes, there you go. <laughs> uh, in the next book. All right. What do you guys think of the moral of the story is? I would say the moral of the story
0: is if a spammer has sent you more than five messages, perhaps entertain the possibility that they're actually legit.
1: Okay, I don't think that's a good moral. <laughs> Speaking as someone who helps old people reset their email passwords every day, I'd be, double check. Just be careful about that.
2: <laughs> My spam email is always you know, wanting to, A, date me because I have a name that could be a guy's name. So Mm. they're, you know, trying to send me pictures of their boobs or telling me that they're ready and willing online waiting for me.
0: No, no. (laughs) I don't get a ton of spam from repeat customers, though. Like, I don't get five messages from the same, like, you know, friend in Europe who's trapped without access to their bank account who needs me to send them ten thousand dollars and they'll send it back like usually like th- it's a one-off i
2: think i do but it's only because i don't check my spam email folder except for like once every six months right before it's about to be deleted
1: <laughs> so yeah <laughs> yeah i don't i don't know i guess i Although don't at like who it's from i just like the subject line i could We're be missing out a on a prince
2: hey I told Alyssa, though, I, that I do look at my spam a little more carefully now because of
1: this <laughs> book. Yeah. You know, you never know. You never know.
2: I think my moral of the story is be yourself no matter how fabulous you are because it seemed like even though Tabiso was like all that and chips and dip, <laughs> he still was trying to be Jamal and that's what got him into trouble. True. And or don't rent your apartment to strangers. But seeing how that turned out for Mrs. Garcia, I'm going to scratch that. That is not immoral. Do rent your apartment out to strangers.
1: <laughs> yeah, good I think, I think that is a yep. <laughs> Uh My moral of the story is simply fuckaboyitis is not fatal. It's <laughs> good, solid. Yep, thank you. All right, now it is time, of course, for Duarte's corner where my cat Duarte will share his two cents about the book. Right, you know Duarte, we we didn't mention that uh Letty has two pet mice and I, you're right, I'm not sure why somebody would keep those little snacks as a pet, but I don't think she really had the time or the space to dedicate to a cat, you know? I don't think you, you would want a cat in that apartment.
0: Also, because she explicitly keeps the mice because she saved them from the lab. Mm-hmm. She's a like, hero. You know, don't, don't, I, I think if you were to add cats in, then that would imply that she was doing experiments on cats in the lab. Mm. And, you know, I, I think that would just make you sad, really, if you read that version of it. It
1: would. It would be upsetting. <laughs> But, you know, now maybe when she moves out of the apartment, maybe when she's living in the palace uh, in in the solo, I, I bet they'll get some cats. Maybe hang out with the Black Panther.
2: <laughs> oh. <laughs> have Black Kitten. Uh,
1: yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Duarte, thank you, as always, for reading these books. I know it cuts into your nap time and we do appreciate it. Uh, do any humans have any closing thoughts about Princess in theory? I loved it. I loved it so much.
2: And I, I'm a huge fan of Alyssa's um, historical books. So I was kind of like, yeah, I don't know how I feel about it contemporary, but oh my God, I know how I feel now. I love it.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was super funny. Yeah, and I, I think that is it. We have recommended her historical romances, especially when we talk about Hamilton, which we do a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. not that her historical romances are directly actually wait did she have one of the ones in that hamilton's battalion She did. yes okay i gotta read that still
0: i think i would read the next two in this series if i remember that they exist i have a terrible memory hmm. and i always ignore all of my lists of books that i want to read that aren't out yet but hopefully i'll remember and then i'll read them
1: i'll i'll send you I i can't remember what the fake app was I'll, I'll text you about it. <laughs> an Insta photo, you'll send I'll send you an Insta photo. Insta photo, photo. Yes, thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah, Robin, thanks for picking this for us, and thanks so much for joining us to to, to talk about it.
2: Well, thanks for having me. It was so much fun.
1: Um, if you want to follow worst bestsellers on social media, we, we don't have an insta photo because that's not real. But we do have a Facebook, which is just Facebook.com slash worst bestsellers, or on Twitter at worst bestseller with no s because the S was tragically lost in a, a car accident when we were very small. We don't remember the S at all. <laughs> Maybe it was our uncle's fault. We don't know. (laughs) Uh, We also have a Goodreads group that is best accessed by going to worstbestsellers.com and clicking on the Goodreads link.
0: Uh, You can subscribe to us on Stitcher, iTunes, or Google Play. If you do subscribe to us, please rate and review us. Uh, If you rate and review us, it pushes us up a little bit on the charts and makes it easier for new people to find us. If you don't rate and review us, we might be forced to send you some the stolen tea in the mail. Uh, we won't tell you what it is, though, so then you'll just like start getting like weird and dizzy and nauseous and, uh, you know, you'll have to, to get the antidote from us by rating and reviewing. We'll hold it hostage. <laughs> You can also support us on Patreon, uh, where you can pledge a small monthly recurring donation that goes towards things like uh, buying new equipment for us, hiring logo and merch designers, paying our editor. And uh, in return for that, you get perks like a newsletter, postcards, all sorts of other cool things. And you can do that at patreon.com slash bestsellers. Uh, also, on our website, worstbestsellers.com, there is a link to our merch store where you can wear our podcast on your body.
1: <laughs> you can wear The Rock and Wolverine on your body, yes. more importantly. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Finally, if you want to follow just me personally on Twitter, I'm at Renata Snacks and Duarte lives there too. Uh, you can follow me personally on Twitter at 14across.
2: Oh, and you can follow me on Twitter at Tuflos,
1: T-U-P-H-L-O-S. I have been meaning to ask, Robin, what is the meaning of your Twitter name?
2: It means blind boy in Greek. Oh. I took Greek for uh, a year and a half in college, and that's one of the few words that I remember.
1: All right. Excellent. Very uh, fancy. (laughs) i'm impressed by people who speak languages that have any sort of uh, non-western characters
2: well that would that's one of them yeah yeah
1: yeah you gotta you gotta learn all those uh curly letters and stuff (laughs) (laughs) all right uh yeah and if you are not already following robin on twitter you absolutely should be especially if you are a librarian or do anything with books that's that's where it's at is her twitter
2: thank you so much.
1: All right. Uh thank you again for joining us, Robin. It was great. Thank you to everyone for listening and we will be back in 2 weeks with Wonder by RJ Palacio. We will see you then. <laughs> bye bye. bye. bye.